Hello, extra time. You can't to the league not to get a hold because it, it damages your reputation. It, it makes people, when they read it, just laugh at you. Two of them, they're playing in the league one, and they're playing in the Europa League, and they're credit in the game in this country. Maybe we should next to the Canadian, the man is the Irish team. You're very welcome along to the Extra Time.ie Sportscast with myself, Declan Maron, and nobody else. I'm all alone in the studio this week, but thankfully won't be left alone for too long. I've got Ollie Horgan joining me in just a little while to talk some big playoff games and the, the season so far and, and how it's been for Ollie. And uh, thankfully, Skyping into us here, or what's happening to us, I should even say, Makdara Ferris returns. Makdara, how are you? I'm good, Declan. How are you? Yeah, uh, it's never as uh, never as atmospheric when you're alone in the studio. Usually have, uh, you know... Wind, day... Winter's coming. I couldn't venture, couldn't venture out in the dark. You know? Oh, well, you, you say that. I mean, last time winter was really coming was when we were stuck down in the snow and we couldn't I was worried I wouldn't be able to get out of the studio and mind getting back in so um look we've got loads to cover we we'll get on to uh previewing a couple of very interesting games fifth versus sixth seven versus eight that kind of thing and uh, a couple of the underage games as well but some breaking news just as uh, well just before we started recording here is that St. Pat's have hired uh, Harry Kenny as their new manager and actually funnily enough if you listen to us a couple of weeks back uh, Dave Donnelly who was usually with us and Aaron Gallagher uh, of the 42 joined us to talk a little bit about Bucko leaving and who could be up next and both the lads said it was going to be Harry Kenny so uh, a bit of a bit of a decent prediction from the lads. Yeah, and I think it's a really good appointment for, for St. Pat's because he's a very well-regarded coach and, and a very well-regarded manager. Um, I think he was involved with St. Pat's um, before when they uh, won the league in 2013. He was the assistant manager to Liam Buckley, so so he knows the club. And then he managed Bray Wanderers and did really well gathering the squad together, um, doing really well uh, last season up until... You know, there all sorts of difficulties because he actually kind of uh, got them through through that season and was was very well regarded. Uh, so it's interesting to see that he has taken on on the role. And, and looking at the statement on the the um, the Pat's website, I know we've had him in on the sportscast before, and he's talked about his role as the FEI um, ETB player development uh, leader. He's kind of run that course for I think it's around ten years. So he's actually leaving that role to to take up the the managerial role at, at St. Pat's. Yeah, that's the thing. I was going to mention that myself. It had to be, um, has to kind of go all into this, I suppose. It looks like a nice fit. Again, the lads commented on this plenty last time, but you won't be seeing a huge overhaul, a complete new shape to St. Pat's. It just looks like, you know, uh, as much as uh, lovely and Buckley and, and think he's an absolutely excellent manager, it just looked like that time it sort of been and gone, maybe gone a bit stale and just needed something a little bit new and, and that's probably what they'll get. It won't it won't be a complete overhaul but it won't be exactly more of the same. Yeah, we saw a good style of play with with Bray Wanderers uh, under Harry Kenny and, and we all know about Liam Buckley's style of play. So there probably won't be too much change um whether they may move to training in the morning because I know uh, I'm going to mention it maybe a couple of times in rival podcasts but I know Conan Byrne was talking uh, on the League of Ireland um, How dare you? Like Grace, I know Grace League in the World website about his own future. Um, he's a, a teacher, so it suits him to, to train in the evening. And, and he was wondering what the, the state of play will be next season. So um, we'll have to wait and see. A podcast is, is what an ironic statement. You know what I mean? It's, the name is an ironic statement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no love. No, no, no hatred sent to uh, any other podcast because we can't handle getting any back. Um, another Dublin club um, has been the sort of main attention of not just 
Irish football, but world football, um, with a with a certain kit um, or a certain away jersey. Um, we should be, before we we really kick into this, Mark Dara. I'm gonna ban puns from this because okay. I saw enough of them were online earlier. Some of them were enough memes. Yeah, yeah. some of them were humorous. Oh, the memes weren't as bad. Some of the puns now were worse. Once I saw, could you be shoved? Um, as a, there's no football pun there. Could you be shoved? Um, didn't make any sense. But but did you you like the one on on Extra Times website? Which oh, of course, regulation. I'm sure they yeah. won't be very happy with that. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, I saw um, Daniel. Lambert I presume talk. everyone knows that we're talking about the Bob Marley Bohemian jersey. Well, stage. well, now, now, this is the thing. You've used the the, the wrong word there because Daniel Lambert was on Two FM's game on last night, and it's not Bob Marley. He specifically said it was a Rastafarian man, not Bob Marley. Oh, okay, okay, interesting, okay. Now, is it interesting, or is it an attempt to distance themselves from maybe any uh, litigious members of the Marley estate? That's what I wonder. Well, maybe, maybe. I was thinking back to, I did attend a, a gig in Dailyman Park back in 1993, which was a sunstroke for, for anyone that remembers, but uh, it read out to the papers were supposed to play, and they pulled out, So and Faith No More came in. So it was a bit of a, a different vibe, but I was mainly there to see Santa Cute, so... I'd love a, a Kim Jordan, uh, well, maybe not a Bohemian's jersey, but a, but a Kim Jordan football jersey or a Thurston Moore football jersey. That maybe might mean much to, to too many people. I'd prefer if they, they really embrace this Bob Marley influence, because it, it is Bob Marley. I mean, the picture is Bob Marley. Um, if, they, if they're saying it's not, maybe it's not, but it looks incredibly like Bob Marley. I I, I want them to go further. Why not really embrace this and go... Because they, they don't really have much of a mascot at the moment. That Dennis the Menace character, I haven't seen him in around in a while. Um, I think he's retired, yeah. Is he? Yeah. Go with Bose Marley. Yeah, make him a yeah, Rastafarian mascot. Yeah, it's good. Well, uh, to, to, to um, be serious about it, actually, well, the, the, if you've been to Denimon Park, we'll have seen the, the murals around the ground. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of street art and urban art, and it's pretty impressive with um, Phil in it and even what they've done on the other side of the, of the, the ground with the, the Bose logos. Um, uh, on the Connacht Street side, but um, it, it, it's a it's a great marketing tool. Like yeah. they're, um, you know, everyone's been everyone's been talking about it. it it'll, I'm sure, they're going to shift uh, jerseys internationally. Well, We've seen that with the likes of St. Pauli and other clubs as well around around the globe, and it's got people talking about Bohemians about Taylor Park at a you know when we're one week away from the end of the season. So I, I know some people have been a bit cynical and maybe they don't like it, but I actually think. Um, I, I see it as very positive. Do you know what? And, and the more I look at it, the more I actually do. Like I was, I was. I think it's something new scares you. Um, and as you said, look, to be fair to, to Daniel and the rest of the lads who've obviously worked on it, it is a stroke of genius. It, it looks, you know, it, it's really grabbed attention. It's a lot of people talking about it. He, he Daniel himself yeah. mentioned on, on that show, they've, you know, there's nowhere near this amount of away jerseys ever sold before. If you're talking the away yeah. jersey for a League of Ireland side, so commercially it is an excellent bit of work as you said they'll, they'll probably ship a few abroad as well um yeah i don't know they, like, they, they def they definitely will and and the other thing that they did this year is in the you know they got a good cup run they had a i think it was a special commemorative uh, cup jersey that they had where fans could have their their name on the diagonal it was the white jersey with the black and red diagonal and again i think that it was it wasn't a cheap jersey i think it was at certainly at the higher level and again it was uh, I thought it was quite a nice kit, and it got there was demand for it, and um, is they got good benefit of it going all the way to the cup semi final replay as well. I'm sure they'd love to have it still in the event in two weeks' time, but not to be. 
outside of every other element in terms of aesthetics do you actually like the look of the kit that's we're, we're kind of uh, going around I was, I, well there's there's white and green on it uh, um, and it says mr green i don't know how maybe some those fans might might be very happy with that they might just want red and black but it's, it is an away kit as the aesthetic no i i, I I like it. It's something. It's something different. I like the the vertical element and the, the Rastafarian colours as well. So yeah, I'm not going to quibble with it. There is worse out there by far as well. I, I, we talked about it actually in studio. I think a good while back about some some terrible looking jerseys, and we've seen some in the League of Ireland. But even you can go and find some articles where they'll show you the likes of that third tier Spanish team who had the jersey that looked like broccoli or that was based on broccoli because that's <laughs> what they grew in the area. Um, in terms, in ter- look, I want to push on that mascot so much and mock up a. A version of that mascot, the Bose Marley. It would probably still actually. I'm not sure if you saw the the charity race. Did you between the I did, yeah, mascots? Yeah, yeah it's still. I think it was a Galway. Who won? Was it Galway? Bray, or Bray? No, it was Bray's. Bray's mascot. Bray. Okay. Um, it was some sight seeing how quick that seagull could move. But also, I mean, Leo the line miles out the back. I'm telling you, this Bob Marley character, joint in hand, would probably still beat him. So, oh, it's an absolute a, disgrace, a, Leo. There was a there was a Leinster mascot running. I think you might have got that wrong. No, no Leo the line. For who? For which club? For Limerick. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so there's yeah. a Leo the Line for Limerick and there a Leo is. the Line for Leinster. Yeah. Unless I've got I his name wrong, to. but it's I'm pretty certain it's Leo the Line. I mean, it's not going to be... No one's going to be, again, to talk about litigiousness, no one's going to be kicking off We Invented Leo the Line. It's just alliteration. Um, okay. Yeah, no, look at the Rays. eyes. absolutely dreadful. It's really let us down there. Really let us down. <laughs> I think it's time to talk proper football. Now, <laughs> yeah, let's get on to it. Um, let's get on to Stephen Kenny uh, talking about the Irish football, our potential influences for the future should be Europe and South America. We should um, pay a little less attention to what's happening directly across the, the pond there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I thought, interesting comment, but in in action looks unlikely because we don't have any coaches in Europe or South America and we don't have any coaches coming over from Europe or South America all that yeah, much to I, show us a whole lot. I think South America maybe a bit too far away, but certainly continental Europe. And um, I think he mentioned, you know, players, skillful players going over from the League of Ireland. And I think he mentioned Patrick McElhenney with Oldham, where, you know, players haven't been able to showcase their talents because League One um, and, and League Two are particularly physical. I think we've seen that with with Richie Towell as well, who was head and shoulders the the best player in 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 the League of Ireland, and then he went over and his kind of struggle to make the impact and I think it's probably to do with the with the with the style of play I think with potentially with Brexit uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see you know someone take a, 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 an interesting discussion as to what Brexit might mean for for the League of Ireland but I think we probably will be looking toward towards um, uh, continental Europe rather than, you, than Britain you'd almost but set it's, me up uh, perfectly there for Brexit means Brexit <laughs> okay <laughs> That's but the, the the for for it, it's it is easier for players to go to England. The the language, the culture, we're all familiar. Um, you know, we there's there are players that have played at a at a wider level and have played in um, in continental Europe. And we've seen say with Killian Sheridan, who's played in a number of places and he's been kind of uh, brave. I don't know is is the term, but um, you know to go and and play in a number of different football cultures. Um, but it's a it's a big it's a big move for those type of players. But bringing in coaches, I don't know. Um, the there's not that many opportunities, and the I wouldn't say the financial pull of a managerial salary would would um, uh, would draw managers no. in. We've seen a number of kind of English and Scottish managers come in 
Um, I know Sligo have, have, have done that over the years as well. To be fair, I, I think his idea was more about we should take influences from these places as opposed to we should um, get people directly in. Um, but as I said, it, it, I'm not sure how you exactly take influences from it unless you send some coaches out that way to learn a few things. Um, so we'd, we'd, yeah, I, I like, do you know what? He makes some excellent points. The Michael Lenny thing, we talked to Patrick just um, last show, actually. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of mentioned at the time the Wes Hulahan comparison, and it's a very obvious one to make because of the style of player, but it's exactly for that that Stephen is, is getting frustrated. I think that's, that position as a whole is a, is a great example for... The other thing is that we, we saw when Dundalk played in, in Europe, the likes of in the, the Champions League qualifiers when they played Leisure Warsaw in, in the Viva Stadium. And, you know, having attended international matches, you're kind of used to that kind of reasonable high level of standard. We're not going to... I know we're not going to talk about UEFA Nations League this week, but, um, but Dundalk didn't look play, out of place at all. And attending matches... Uh, against AZ and, and the Zenit one being another classic example in, in uh, when they played them in the Europa League again, didn't look out of place at all in the, the overall context of how Dundalk played and also the individual players. Just to pick up on what I was saying there, McDar, about that 10 position, um, it's fair to say Ireland, England, Scotland, um, maybe less so Wales at the moment, but generally haven't really used that. I think it's a good position to define it from because that's where you have usually or traditionally your most flair, um, you know, player with the most flair, I should say. It's it's fair to say around Europe and particularly South America that these kind of positions, not only are they sort of embraced, but they nearly have, you know, five, six different names for something like that, enganche, tracorista, all this kind of stuff that yeah. we don't have here. And I know that sounds a little bit fanciful at times, but it's a position we just don't use at all. We have, uh, we talked, I talked to Patrick about this. We have fast wingers and we have deep midfielders and we have a big guy generally. And if we don't have that, <laughs> we, we try and figure out. So I think to be fair, what Stephen is saying is we should use a bit more of an influence of that kind of thing, not setting up in your traditional way and not underselling ourselves, like embracing players like this, not sort of shipping them out the wing. Um, so for that, there, there probably is plenty to be said for that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, elsewhere, we'll just touch on one or two things before we get on to talking uh, to Ollie Horgan um, and then previewing, obviously, a couple of upcoming games, uh, a couple of specific underage games, when you were at, that we'll, we'll get stuck into. I just wanted to mention briefly, because we will talk a little bit more about this on the next show, and Dave Donnelly returns, and we look ahead to uh, the upcoming Cup Finals. But Wexford Youth's wrapping up their fourth WNL, WNL I should say, title. Um, a big achievement for them, uh, doing it with a game in hand now as well. So nicely done. And I'm not sure if you saw this, McDowell. A really interesting one from uh, across in the US. Paddy Barrett uh, captaining FC Cincinnati through to the USL Eastern Conference semi-final. Uh, Richie Ryan coming on in that game as well. So good to see. Well, yeah, there you go, Stephen's uh, exactly what Stephen wants to be seeing. Players going over and, and bringing another influence. Yeah, North America rather than South America, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. The wrong one. But, you know, getting closer. <laughs> getting closer. Look, we'll leave it there for the time being. We'll be back in, a, in just a couple of minutes to preview a few more games. But first, uh, I'll get a chance to chat here to one of our favourite guests, Ollie Horgan. You can subscribe to each new episode of the Extra Time Dubai Sportscast on iTunes. Please give a rating or add a comment there to let us know your views. Ollie, welcome back to the show. I know uh, you're hard at work there. We're just nabbing you before training, so we won't keep you too long. But um, you said after the, the first leg uh, against Drogheda that the team needed to do better. You have to be happy with uh, how dominant you were in the second leg there. 
Well, at once they were dominant. We probably, you know, probably were the better side in the second leg, just as much as as Johanna were the better side in the first leg. Um, we, we 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 just about did enough to win it. But to be fair to draw that that game wasn't over and done with. Even on the ninety minute mark, they were they had us bombarded and had us. You know, we we, we were. We were sitting in, we couldn't get out, and a lot of free kicks and set pieces. Had they got one, they still had injury time to get another. Like you know, but we got over the line to put it that way to you. Um, just about to put it that. Fair enough. Um, there must have been um, a little bit of frustration, I suppose, with the gap in the fixtures. Because I'm thinking back to the big Cabin Tealy win um, and, and how you know ideal it would have been to have a game maybe soon after that to keep yourselves sharp but uh, I, I think you've you've commented on it already but I was just going to ask you how, yeah. just how frustrating was it do you feel that really affected the two legs yeah there, there was look we, we, you can look at it both ways but that way yeah. without doubt the three week break after Camantini we were going quite well you know a lot of momentum we were building we seemed to lose it and that's not taking anything away from Drada who were excellent up in Drada that night but it's we we'd nothing to, to prepare for in the weekends. There was very little focus from the players, no matter what we did. And three weeks was too long. I don't know any league in the in the world. Well, I don't know too much about leagues other than the one we're in. But I would doubt there's so many leagues where where you wait three weeks to play a knockout game to put it that way to you. However, the the flip side of that was probably we we got lads back fit and and ready to go uh, for for the draw the game. That was the positive side of it. Whereas Drada came in, you know playing Shelburne home and away with great momentum to their credit but eventually they ended up in a situation that we were in at the moment where they had a suspension and they had an injury where the last two players and we're unfortunately in, 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 in that situation here at the moment so we can't have it everywhere you know we'd, we'd love a three week break where we've no suspensions and got players back from injury but that's not the case we've got to go to what we have and, 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 and see where it gets a second there was a little bit of a change in the shape, was there? Um, I thought it was. Uh, I was reading uh, a guy usually records with us, Dave Donnelly. Um, he was talking a little bit about your attacking wing backs and sort of Paddy McCourt playing at the base of the midfield. Was that a, a conscious decision tactically, or was that more down to necessity? Uh, no, really. We we we, we kind of change shape by 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 the hour. Do you mean by the day? Like you know, uh, it's it's basically what players we have available and. And what team we're playing against, and there's a lot of teams in the country that change shape with with the opposition that you know they're playing, and we'll probably have to look at that again here, you know, with with a couple of players on for Limerick on Monday night. And we'll get on to previewing that game against Limerick, but just before I do, I just remember back as as I mentioned, Dave. There, um, we talked to you just the start of the season. I think just before you'd even uh, played a game, and I remember Dave sort of prematurely asking you a little bit about the division itself and the style of play how it's changed since you last been involved and you sort of you, you had a bit of a chuckle at the time you were like we haven't even played a game sure how would we know um, yeah. I'm wondering now you're probably a bit better experienced or a bit more um, able I suppose to talk about the, the sort of comparisons uh, how, how has the first division fared up this year because it, it did oh, look really a, tough a serious division I mean you know the best side won it to the credit to UCD but you know any side could beat anyone in that division on a particular night Like, but we knew it going into it that it was a it was it was a better division than when we came out of it uh, three years ago. To put it that way to you, uh, you know, w- w- you look at Langford who who didn't make the playoffs. They get us a hammering up in Balavafe here. You know, halfway through the season, I, I can only go on on our experiences in it. You know, we we weren't guaranteed of beating any team on any night, and neither was anybody else. To put it that way to you, I, I think it was a, a better division than when we were in there before, and. I, I, you know, we're just hoping we're not in it next year. But unfortunately, you know, we possibly will be. 
again, thinking back to the, the, the last chat we had with you, it might be a bit presumptuous on my part, but I remember one of the things we spoke about was um, the, the kind of struggle you had at the end of last season when you were getting relegated, uh, about being down to the bare bones and, and having to sort of manage that with a lot of injuries yeah. and, a, and a thin enough squad. Um, so I would, in my, in my, you know, in my own little guessing work here, I would have thought, oh, look, you know better how to manage that in a season like this season where you're maybe not in the same position. Would there also be an element that some of the youth coming in um, will have had that experience, that run in towards the end of the season? Hopefully there won't be the same sort of um, may- maybe mental fatigue as-, as there was last season. Look, I mean, we're in a situation last year where we lost the last six games, but we'd have taken a playoff. If, if Rudis had stayed as the were and the-, the second from bottom played in the playoff, we'd have taken that with open arms. I think it would have been Coles or, or UCD with a play. There's no guarantee with the one, but we'd have taken that with open arms. And unfortunately, we, we didn't have it. But we're now worked our way back into that position and, 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 and having to deal with Limerick, who have been you know, playing, playing against Syria. Like, I'm, I'm saying the first division was very, very strong. You know, And then you're looking at the Premier Division that's stronger again. And they've been playing on that week in the And we're under no illusions here about how we're going into you know, without those. Limerick with 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 uh, you know have been preparing for this for weeks. They they they, would, you know they couldn't catch Sligo a number of weeks ago, and this is where they're preparing for. And I'm sure that Tommy will have players, you know, a clean bill of health as regards people going into the game and as regards suspensions. I'm sure they've run them off. If if if, if I, I don't know their details, but you know they're they're clever people with a hell of a lot of experience on the bench to their credit. And um, just thinking back to the overall squad, I mean, looking at the start of the year, you were amongst. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said like number one favourites but there was, it was really competitive looking if I remember correctly looking at the bookies at the start of the season but I think one thing maybe your lads had was they gelled together quite nicely um, maybe down to, to yourself or, or down to the, the current lads you had nothing to do with us just the group of lads yeah of course I mean to finish second in the league in, in a competitive league as, as, as good as this was an achievement for themselves but like, they themselves you know maybe pull their socks up halfway through and try to push on to to get into the playoffs, which they did to their credit. But it's not a whole lot of use to us, and I don't mean to be negative, Declan, but if we don't get through Limerick, and it's, it's, it's a hugely difficult task for us in, 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 in where we're at at the moment. If we don't go through it, we may as well have, have finished second bottom, and we know it's at stake on, on, on Monday night and, 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 and next Friday. And we're just hoping to keep the tie alive come Monday night and be able to go to Limerick with something to fight for or, you know, on, on the Friday night. But we're under no illusions here that that there's any advantage uh, to us in any manner. Like, you know, Limerick have, have a quality side. They can, you know, there's a couple of them, you know, the, the Killian and, and uh, Killian, Killian Cantwell and, and Danny Marcy, they were with us last year. You know, you go through their names. The, the lads that were there before, the likes of, you know, Shane Duggan, you know, Sean Kelly, that was there, Shane Tracy, that was there the last time, and then, you know, Barry Maguire, any of them. You know, you're going through them. Big King Coleman is, you know, they're, they're all serious players, Premier Division players, and... We we have a mixture of lads that have played in the Premier Division and lads that are, are, are quite inexperienced, Declan. And it's a big, big ask of them to try and get up to a Premier Division standard on Monday night. But at least we're in it, and we gladly take that, you know, as opposed to not being in it. Well, as a man who'll be who'll be unfortunately for you, shout Limerick home in that one. Um, I have to say, I, I was. A couple of more weeks ago, I was a little bit more confident, I must have said, uh, than the last few weeks. There have been a couple of off-the-field issues. There's been some poor results. Um, so I'm starting to be a little bit more worried now that... that Wait, are... Tell me about them. I'm starting to worry a little bit, though, Ollie, that, that um, you know, 
as you said, the sort of momentum feeding into the games that maybe you guys uh, didn't have after the Cavendish game. Limerick might be struggling a little because it doesn't really help anyone coming off the back into a couple of bad defeats. Yeah, but I mean, the point I'm trying to make here, Declan, is that they knew they're in the playoff a month ago. Mm. You know, we didn't know that till you know till last Friday. Unfortunately, we picked up a number of injuries. We've picked up a number of suspensions where I'm sure Limerick have a clean bill of health in both of those areas. And why wouldn't they? You know, that's that's the advantage of having a month to prepare for, for a playoff. And I'd be fairly certain that, 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 that you know, Limerick would have, would have kept players back from Monday night without doubt. And, you know, you're going through, the, you know, the likes of Billy Denny that I didn't even mention. You know, even Killian Bruder, who was there the last time that we were down there, he was part of the panel. They have a fair amount of experience under their belts, regardless of how young some of them are, and then the older lads that are there still. Look, we're under no illusions, and it's it'll be back to the walls for us. But at least we know, you know, that 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 it's going to be hugely difficult, and we'll go and see what we can get out of it. But as I said, the stakes are high. Like if if we if we get uh, turned over, which is quite possible, probable. Uh, you know, we're back to square one again, and we may as well finish second bottom as as finish second top. One thing I am looking forward to have to say about these games is it's uh, two managers. You mentioned you're sort of switching it up, both of you, uh, both yourself and Tommy, both capable of sort of mixing up in, ter- in terms of shape and in terms of what we can expect to see from both teams. So I was going to ask you a bit about that. What do you think we can expect from this game? Well, we have to get our own house in order here, unfortunately. We don't have a full panel of players to pick from, and uh, we need to, to try and see what's available before we even pick a shape like this. was sent earlier on the interview, and, and I'm sure... I'm sure Tommy Barrett will have a, probably a clearer notion of of of, uh, of where he's he's going to be at as regards availability of players. You know, I know they play Waterford on Friday, but uh, you know, I, I would very much doubt there'll be too many bodies out in Waterford that 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 that'll be out on Monday night. Although that's none of my business to put it that way to you. But uh, you know, they're, they're they're clever people, and and Willie Boland was up here on, on Friday night looking at us against Strada in in one ship, and and you know, we we, we need to see. What probably have available before even we, we we get down to that, and at the moment we're training here tonight with 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 a lot of bodies down to put it that way to you. But that's the nature of the playoffs, and we can't complain because Drogheda, to their credit, came into the playoff against us with a number of bodies down because of two series games against Shelburne on the way up. One big plus for you guys, I suppose, or I suppose you could look at it as a big minus as well once Paddy moves on, but obviously Paddy McCourt will be playing his heart out for you in his, uh, in his last game for, for the club and, and in his last game in, in football, I suppose. Um, what, what can you say about Paddy, I suppose? Is he, is he up there with the best you've ever worked with? I mean, Paddy, Paddy look, we've got Paddy at the tail end of his career. We're delighted to get him at any end, but I know it's here. Without those ability-wise, there's nothing to touch him. I won't be coaching Paddy how to control the ball and put it away to you. But, you know, the other side of it is that, you know, the legs aren't what they used to be. And he'd be the first man to tell you that. And he, he won't be capable of playing, you know, two ninety minutes, anything anything near that in Limerick. And we need to manage that in that way. But to be fair to Paddy, I think his influence around the place, even off the pitch, has been, you know, something that has to be admired with with, with, with what he has put into football before. And he didn't need to come in here and, 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 and try and gel things and, and, and help young fellas around the place. But he did. Nobody asked him to do that. We only wanted him to play on the pitch. But he gave a hell of a lot more than what he, what he just saw on the pitch. But unfortunately, you know, Petty's one that is struggling as well and has picked up an injury. And at his age, it's difficult for him to, to, to shake that. So, you know, we're hopeful he'll be available, maybe for the second leg, to put it that way to you. But, 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 but we'll see. Ollie, thanks a million for taking the call. We'll, uh, we'll let you get on to train in there Wait so you. I'm not hampering things too much. All right, man, let me know if there's any information there. Good luck, <laughs> <laughs> Log on to extratime.ie.
Always a pleasure having Ollie on the show. Uh, really enjoy getting to, to chat to him. Just to, not, not just about his own club, but you can hear even there creeping in talking about football a little bit. Uh, he doesn't want to get too far off topic, but yeah, excellent stuff as usual. He isn't involved himself, but Finn Harp's underage side, McDara, are involved in a pretty big game. You've been to a couple of underage games recently and, and been tracking it pretty well, so you might give us a bit of a run-through of what's to come. Yeah, Super Sunday for me last week was uh, double double semi-finals between um, St. Patrick's Athletic and Shamrock Rovers. So um, um, at the under-17 level, uh, Rovers beat Pats in Inchicore on, on Sunday morning and they've set up uh, a, a final this coming Saturday in Bunkrana against Finn Harps. So that's Harps are looking to get a bit of silverware. So it was interesting to go down to a match of... Uh, uh, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning and see uh, half a million euro or is it sterling player playing in goal because Gavin Bazunu was playing in goal for the Rovers under 17 team so um, uh, they won 1-0 Jack Kelly got the winning goal for, for Stephen Royce's team and then in the um, in the afternoon uh, Rovers beat Pats in Tallah Stadium and that set up the under 19 final which is against Bohemian so it'll be Dublin Derby on the 30th of um uh, 30th of October, I think that's next Tuesday. So the day before Halloween uh, will be the under-19 um, final between those two clubs. And then uh, this coming Sunday afternoon, just to let people know that the under-15 final between Pats and, and Cork City is uh, will, will take place. I should mention as well, Bows in Europe, uh, the under-19s, we haven't had a chance to talk much about that because they are actually playing just as we're recording here. Yeah. So hopefully by the time we're done recording, we'll uh, be able to... You know, maybe next week talk about a, a rather good result for uh, both. They did reasonably well enough in the uh, in the first leg. Uh, they'd be hoping for a bit of a turnaround, and just not in time for that uh, away kit. Annoyingly, to be honest. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's look ahead to the league then, McDarrett. As I, I mentioned off the top of the show, a couple of of big games. Where would you like to start? Um, well, there's only two things to be decided. So. <laughs> Bows are in fifth place on 47 points with Pats on the same points behind them. So uh, deciding uh, who might finish fifth and sixth and similarly Derry and Sligo can swap in the league. But otherwise, everything is set and no one is going to move in the league table. It's set up nicely for Pats, I think, because Derry have just uh, helped spray out massively by giving them their first win in 10 last week there. Um, Or the 10th game, first in nine probably, it's fair to say, which is uh, some achievement for Derry and... And then Bray, that one they've been in in fairly yeah, good form. Yeah, like the Derry really have had horrible form over the the end of the season. But um, I think it was I think it was good to see um, Bray get the win and and John Sullivan, who many people would have seen talking about you know the difficulty he had during the season with injury when there was financial troubles at, at Bray, and uh, he was on a rival podcast last week talking about. Um, you know, looking forward to the game, but looking forward to win. He seems to have quite a driven character, and he got the he got the winner um, to 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 get the win over over uh, Terry City. So, but uh, Bray are away to to Cork City. I think probably Cork and Dundalk will be have one eye on the the cup final to come next week. But um, I'm sure players will be playing for their their places in in the cup final. So uh, Dundalk travel to Denham Park to take on Bohemians on Friday evening. You can say what you like about Bray. It was the seagull that gave him all that uh, that inspiration to go and win. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it has to be if it was if it, if he's able to win that race, they're capable of. Anyway, um, right. So let's 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 go with Bose Dundalk then. Looks probably the one of the more appealing ties. Um, yeah, hard, hard to predict. Hard to see what way teams will line out at the end of the season. So we won't probably go for score predictions on this one. But you would suggest Dundalk um, off the back of that will be on a high. Everyone will be feeling pretty good. 
maybe a little bit too good. Could we see? Could we see Bowes keep up the good form, nick a result? Well, yeah. Well, they they did really well last Friday. They they hammered Bray five 0 So they, they've come in and then they travelled to Sligo and drew one all. So they're they're coming in with a bit of impetus, but um, maybe a draw for this one. One of the more enjoyable ties in terms of uh, style of football and and you know something to be excited about. To be fair, because you've elsewhere got uh, Cork City and Bray again. Not not hugely critical of either, um, but in terms of you know enjoying the style of play that's been out there the last couple of games you wouldn't say either have have really lit things up um there was a lot of pressure on on John Caulfield a couple of weeks ago in terms of you know the, apparently the the fans being a little bit unhappy with how they were playing and stuff like that is there still do you think there's still that same sense could this i i don't want to be all over the top because i don't think it is going to be but could it, any chance this could be um last league game i suppose we got the cup final as well 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 it, it could be but i They'll just be concentrating on that cup final. I don't think there'll be much yeah. much talk, even from a fan's point of view. Um, there will be concentrating on you know trying to go for for three in a row. Absolutely, um, I would give that to amazingly Cork, even though uh, I wouldn't be massively comfortable having a bet or any money uh, on it. Home win. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to the. Next most important one, I suppose. If I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, I can't even remember what which which ones are the actual important games in this because they all look equally unimportant. St. Pat's versus Derry. Well, uh, Pat's will be trying to jump above Bowes in the league table and finish so fifth place. Right. But the, you got it right. But uh, the prize money we're talking about, you know, a few thousand euro between the finishing fifth and sixth. I think is Harry Kenny going to be in there in time? Probably not. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess he's probably not, because uh, there's been no. You know, it's not been alluded to just yet. But we'll see. Look, we might get more reports on that after we're done recording here. Uh, I would yeah. think Pat's in. In you know, these two are nearly polar opposites. Pat's in in good form end in the season. Bit of a got a bit of a good feeling around the place again, even without Bucko there. And and Derry probably the opposite. Yeah, I think that's the case. That Pat's won down in Limerick. Uh, 4-0 last week so they, they carry that into the game on Friday yeah I'd go with Pat's win Sligo Rovers versus Shamrock Rovers a quick prediction on this one scoreless draw scoreless draw why is yeah. that what's um, that based on I just uh, there's been a quite a, I think there's been quite a few scoreless draws between the, the, the sides so uh, maybe uh, um, Sligo can get a point to, but their home form has been pretty horrible all season which you know we've Mm. We've talked about it on here before, so Do, but maybe a scoreless draw. Doesn't help when you haven't got a, a game there for about eight months or whatever it was yeah, that they went without exactly. eight games or eleven games. Um, the one thing I think that's going to be entertaining about this, at least, is that uh, as usual when we talk about Shamrock Rovers, we talk about some of the brilliant young players that are in the squad there. So you should get to see, a, well, hopefully get to see a host of them because they really have uh, living nearby there. It's really lit up the season for me when I get to see some of those players involved. They look really, really exciting. And finally, uh, we get to talk about. The most exciting of the lot, Waterford versus Limerick. Um, the Bastionary Derby once again. Pretty negative on this one, Mokdara, because, well, positives in a way. Um, the winding up order against Limerick adjourned for three weeks, so um means we get to get through the next couple of weeks and enjoy the playoffs, but um, this doesn't, I can tell you what, you know, waiting for these games to unfold doesn't feel great. No, I think, I, I, I'd take it as a bit of a positive that, the court case was uh, adjourned because both parties looked for it to be adjourned. So uh, you kind of assume then there's uh, 
there's room for negotiation because it's revenue are looking to wind up Limerick. So if, if they didn't feel that there could be a solution in the next three weeks, they, they wouldn't have agreed to adjournment. So that's maybe the, the positives off the field. Um, not too many positives on the field, but they still have the opportunity to stay up and they, um, you know, they're coming up against the Waterford side who've qualified for Europe but uh, have missed out on, on, on third place. They can't, uh, and they can't go up any further in the table. So, um, you know, they'll be looking to try and, and carry, get a, get a result or even get a good performance that will help them in the, in the playoff against Finn Harps. I mentioned it to Ollie in the, in the upcoming game against Harps that I was a lot more confident a couple of weeks back. Um, Limerick have taken beating after beating now for a couple of weeks. I saw them in Tala a few weeks back there and it, it, was, a, it was an awful performance. Really, really disappointing. And, and the one thing I, I've said all season is overall it's not a, not a very poor team, even with all the changes and a few of the players leaving. And that Tommy Barrett, I think, has shown this season that he's, he's really uh, tactically flexible and, and capable. So I'm, re- I'm actually really looking forward to the playoff games. It's more just getting through these last few um, and probably taking another couple of thumpings because I don't reckon we'll have the uh, we'll risk any relatively strong Limerick players who are going to be playing. Maybe in, in the first half, you, you don't imagine it'll be a you know a, a full team out there. No, they they're going out to try and and and, and win the game. So they're they're. Uh... Um, you know they've had players out kind of long term. I think the likes of Owen Wearn and, and Darren Denny have been been out. You know and they've kind of struggled I think to to bring certain players in. But they'll it'll be a chance for them to to get a match under their belt with the playoff to come pretty pretty soon after that. Do you have the dates there? Uh, the the twenty ninth and the second for the playoff dates. Okay, yeah. So it's uh, bank holiday Monday and then the Friday, and I'll be down with that one hopefully. On the Friday, so uh, yeah, we'll see. You might we might end up with a bit more, with a more positive show after that. Until then, <laughs> until then. Thanks very much, MacDara, for joining us this week. Thanks, Declan. Hope to see you back in the studio at some point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back to you very very soon indeed. thank you very much for listening in as always you can get us on at ET Sportscast on Twitter at Extra Time News on Facebook or Extra Time Live at gmail.com we'll speak to you again soon 